0: Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor.
1: And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private pilot.
0: And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial.
1: So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off.
0: Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Today, we're going to be interviewing a Stratus student, actually. Uh, we're interviewing a gentleman named Tavis, who has been a longtime borrower of ours. And he's gonna to talk to us today about what he's been working on. Uh, one of those things is including his instrument rating uh, at one of uh, Stratus partner schools, Academy of Aviation. So thanks so much for being here, Tavis. Thank you for having me today. Um, hello, everyone.
1: Yeah, it's, it's great to meet you, Tavis. Uh, thanks for being with us today. So the first thing we'd like to know is how did you get into aviation?
2: Aviation is, um, I actually got into aviation um, back in 1994. Um, I worked in the airline industry and I always had a dream of flying, um, actually, at the age of seven. And so I always wanted to be around airplanes. And um, I just wanted to have the opportunity to be around airplanes and find out what uh, type of plan I would need to become a pilot. So after engaging with other pilots, uh, working on the ramp and then going to sales with um, the airline I worked for at the time, um, they pointed me in the right direction. So I tried to do the military route. Um, fortunately, military only off, offered me to work in, in Intel with the Navy, and I didn't want to become work in Intel because I wanted to fly airplanes. So from that point on, um, as I said, I was working in an airline, um, decided to take an early retirement to pursue uh, a dream of being a pilot, and... Yet alone, I got my private pilot license in two thousand and two uh, took a sh- a loan break because I had to raise a daughter at the time <laughs> and a family so then, from that point on um, i got I went back to getting my flight review in twenty twenty one and so from that point on, I was trying to find financing for flight training. a lot of schools at the time wouldn't offer flight training for funds for flight training so going forward um I finished my flight review. I got a call from a guy. I never forget this name. His name was CJ McDaniel. And he was over at a, at a flight school and he got my name from someone that mentioned that I that I was looking for someone to time build. And so I told him I wasn't looking to time build at that time because I was just trying, finishing up my flight review and, and starting to begin my instrument. And so um, he recommended me some other schools. and I ended up getting um, going to Academy Aviation. And so with that, he mentioned to me about Stratus. And so I looked into it and I got pre-qualified and they told me to just select the school. And there was another school in mind that I wanted to go to, but it was just a little too far. So um, I took a tour at Academy Aviation and then I met Mr. Brandon Martinez and he said, Hey, just select the school and we'll take it from there. And so we kind of went back and forth with Academy Aviation and Uh, Finally, we got everything approved. Uh, I was pre-approved, and then I submitted some information, documents that were required, and then we all got on the same page, and now my dream is, is being fulfilled. I really want to thank Stratus for giving me the opportunity to pursue a dream that I always wanted to do.
0: Tavis, that's an amazing story. Thanks so much for, for appreciating Stratus. I know that uh, Stratus obviously appreciates you for being one of the borrowers and to introduce us to Academy of Aviation, actually. Um, they weren't a partner school with us prior, but uh, that was one of our requirements. You had to be with a partner school before. So I was able to work with that school and uh, they became a partner school of Stratus, so, uh, which was really a fantastic thing. So thank you so much, uh, Tavis for, for making that introduction. I'm glad we're, we're helping you live your dreams because that's pretty cool. Uh, before, before you wouldn't have been able to do that with, uh, with any other companies out there. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to inspire pilots, uh, to become better versions of themselves and actually get to an airline or whatever your goals may be in aviation. If you want to be an instructor or you want to work at a regional or, or whatever your goals may be, uh, we want to help them do that. So, um, Outside of that, what has been the most challenging part of your flight training so far, and how are you overcoming that? The challenging for me has been um,
2: getting used to do check rides. Uh, when I mean that for is the oral uh, option, whereas not being prepared at times. But then the most challenging is making sure you listen and answer the questions which is being asked to you. Because sometimes you give a little too much information, you start open up windows that you don't want to go down that road you know so as far as my flying um, that part has come back although I haven't you know I didn't fly for quite some time I got used to the flying and and doing the procedures so I think that's a gift I may have not to talk put myself on a high horse but I'm always learning but the most challenge to me has just been preparing for the oral with just instrument itself
0: (laughs) yeah preparing for the oral especially on instrument is difficult you really need to know your stuff when you work on that uh, on that rating, and I know I struggled with instrument. It was my Achilles heel at first. Um, eventually, I figured out how to master it, uh, but it really took a long time. I mean, I took personally, I took a lot longer to work on my instrument rating uh, than I did on any other rating uh, that I have currently, and I've got quite a few as Carson likes to to tell me about. So I commend you for continuing on. And I know this is a second career for you. You worked at uh, what airline for 21 and a half years. I mean, that's a long time. I worked at Delta airlines. Um, I was in college and got hired as a co-op
2: and I stayed on in the summer, uh, worked my way to uh, logistics onto the ramp. And then finally got off for a full-time job. Um, Working on a ramp and then transition into the sales department.
1: <laughs> so you were at you know Delta for a while, and you've also been flight training for a little while, um, both before and after. So especially more recently, uh, can you share any of the experiences that you've had with working with flight instructors? And what qualities do you really appreciate in a flight instructor? Yeah, you, know, you picked out your school very specific about it. So what, what do you pick out for an instructor? Um, in fact, <laughs> it's funny you
2: mentioned that because the instructor I started out first with Academy Aviation, he has just finished getting his, um, double eye. So I was like his first student and I've, the things that we experienced together is, um, ironing out some of the things as far as what to say and not, and what not to say and just keep it simple, you know, uh, as far as the flying portion is just getting used to Talking on the radios, um, stand ahead of the aircraft,
0: uh, loading up approaches, and, and just staying coordinated. That is fantastic. I mean, you have to stay coordinated in flight, obviously. Um, and my biggest thing I tell my, uh, my students who are working on their uh, either their CFII or especially their instrument rating uh, when they're starting out is don't chase needles. Uh, fly a heading. And I will say that over and over again. Fly a heading, fly a heading, fly a heading. And if you don't fly a heading and you try to chase needles, you will literally fly S-turns all across the air. And that is the one thing you don't want to do. You want to fly a heading, intercept, and then fly a new heading to re-intercept that glide slope or VOR or GPS um, line. Whatever you're looking looking to get to next, you want to be able to fly that radial or a heading to intercept that radial. Uh, So that's something that's really, really important uh, that a lot of people kind of screw up on. And I would say chasing the needle is what you call it. And I would say that's the number one problem that students have being an instrument rated uh, or working on your instrument rating. Uh, Would you agree with that? I agree with
2: that 100%. In fact, my instructor was telling me, he said, look, we're going to do some sim work. And the first thing he would tell me when we were shooting an approach, stop turning, stop turning, you know, look at the track, see where you are. He said, you know, let me demonstrate. But Don't chase the needle. He's exactly, you're exactly all right, 100%. Because you will do S-turns if you don't intercept and fly (laughs) heading.
0: Yeah, S-turns you will way overshoot uh, uh, wherever you're looking to get to. So you can get vectored onto some approach course. And if you don't turn when you're supposed to turn and you start chasing that needle, you will end up way off your approach. And you will end up with more than a three-quarter scale deflection, that's for sure. Uh, And you don't want to do that. Uh, So obviously, weather here in Georgia is a lot different than where it is from where we live in Southern California. And by the way, everybody, uh, we're doing this podcast on the road right now. I'm actually visiting flight schools in the state of Georgia currently, um, visiting some of Stratus partner schools. I dropped my son off at Space Camp uh, in Huntsville, Alabama uh, last, I don't know, Sunday on Father's Day. Um, we spent the morning together, had a great brunch for Father's Day with me in Austin. And then after that, uh, I dropped him off and I stayed until Monday. And now I'm visiting a bunch of our, our Stratus partner schools, uh, all across Georgia, uh, all of them that I can meet. And luckily most of them are, are very close to Atlanta or Atlanta area. So I'm able to get to quite a few of them, uh, actually today, tomorrow, and then some on on Thursday as well. And uh, so Tavis and I actually are recording this, believe it or not, um, in the middle of my rental car uh, using Wi-Fi. So I hope that the internet is good enough and the sound quality is positive for us today uh, because this was really our best option to record this and still get an episode out on Wednesday uh, at 12 noon, like we always do, 12 noon Pacific, of course. So um, I'm really enjoying doing this, and it was kind of a surprise that... That I got to meet up with Tavis um, and I've had a conversation with Tavis ever since he referred us to become a partner school. Uh, so it's been fantastic knowing him and he's become just as much of a friend as, as, a, uh, as a borrower of Stratus. So I'm happy that we were able to come here and do this. So uh, outside of that, like I was saying, I'm from Southern California. We're in Georgia right now recording, even though Carson's out in sunny Southern California where I wish we were. Do you know if the, the weather differences are better? Because everyone has this misconception that the weather is always sunny in California. Everybody there who lives there right now knows that's not true. But out here, um, what's the weather like? Do you have to do it? density altitude or anything like that because it's real hot and muggy sometimes? I know they call it Hot Lanta for a reason, right? That is actually correct. Um,
2: they get a little not only hot; it is humid, and you have a lot of moisture. So every day um, around between two and six, we have these afternoon thunderstorms. So it's it's hard to get used to trying to plan a flight and not knowing what to expect because you always have convective outlook or a convective segment could be in the area. So we have to do a better job of trying to um, set up our schedule for flight training. And then we always have to, we say as pilots, watch our tasks and look at any reports or any outlook or pressure that's changing (laughs) And especially here in Georgia because of all
0: the heat and humidity and moisture. Yeah, we've, we've done several episodes on METARs and TAFs uh, and, and talking about those in general. And so um, luckily, as long as our listeners have been listening to a lot of our episodes, they should know all the aviation acronyms, especially ones regarding weather considering I think we just did that a couple of weeks ago, right, Carson?
1: Yep. We just did. I think that was last week, actually. Uh, we had just talked about it and you know, there has been June gloom here, so I'm assuming you can probably fly in the morning, and we can fly in the afternoon. So it's a little bit opposite, you know, across the country, but it still works out for you, right?
2: Yeah, it has. Yes, it has.
1: So, Thomas, as you're working on your instrument rating right now, uh, and you're getting ready for your check ride, you said, "Don't dig any holes." And anyone that's gone to any sort of check ride, uh, especially a private pilot check ride, um, they know that is the one thing their CFI is really going to tell them is, "Don't dig a hole." Uh, Don't say more than you need to. So do you have any other advice for pilots who are also getting ready for the check rides?
2: Yes. I would always say pick a friend, if it's not your instructor or someone you're studying with, or it could be a family member and just have them do a script role. you know, even if they don't understand what's going on, just give them a script and have them read the questions to you and some, you know, they can, he can have it highlighted so that way they know you're following along. So just practicing and not just memorizing, but knowing exactly what you're talking about and then listen carefully to what the question is being asked.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a really important thing, actually. You have to listen to exactly what they're asking. Uh, Most good DPs, at least, they don't try to trip you up on questions. They try to ask you direct questions because they want to test your knowledge and make sure that you know the knowledge based on the ACS or in some cases, the PTS in a rare occasions on certain ratings now, but, um, they want to make sure that you understand what's being asked of you. Um, you need to have more than a rote memory of it. You need to really have an understanding of the topic, uh, which is quite important. If you don't have an understanding of the topic, you probably can't be a good pilot. If you just memorize like 600 and 800 or whatever the minimums are for certain types of approaches and, um, Things like that. I mean, th- that's not what you're trying to learn. You want to be able to read the charts and read the approaches and know what the minimums are, um, know what your, your alternate minimums are, which is what I was alluring to a second ago. You have to know those things and you have to understand why they are there and what they're there for. So those are really, really important. So the last question I'm going to ask today are, what are your future goals in aviation? I know you said you've worked for 21 and a half years with your previous company and you're starting a flight training uh, later on in life which you're almost 50 years old now. Um, happy birthday, by the way, just next month, less than 30 days to you. Um, so what are your future goals in aviation? Because this is a second career. This has got to be uh, kind of exhilarating for you. I mean, it's a brand new thing. And I know learning a new skill um, at an older age, I mean, even in my 30s, I know that it's, it's harder to learn new skills. It's really easy when you're, when you're 16 or 18 years old. But as you get older, our brains aren't firing the same way, right? So um, what are you looking to do in, uh, in aviation? What I'm looking to do in aviation is
2: actually be able to fly for a major carrier. That's the goal. Uh, and then from there, uh, I would probably go in the private sector once my time is up from flying for a major carrier. And then um always want to give back, you know, um, back to the community or any particular person that want to pursue a dream and say, hey, although I started at a later time in my life, I was still able to accomplish the goal that I set out to do because this is something I've always been passionate about.
1: Yeah. Those are, those are good dreams Uh, going for the airlines and especially flying private. Everyone loves flying private. Um, Even though they might not be given the same kind of signing bonuses that the airlines are. Those are crazy, but it's always good to see someone with a huge passion for aviation who's just reaching for their dreams and then winning. So good luck on your check ride. And thanks for being on with us today, Tavis.
2: Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me as well. And I look forward to, um, fulfilling my dream as well as being a
0: a partner for, um, with Stratus. Well, thank you so much, Tavis, for being a strong supporter of Stratus Financial. Um, I know that we're helping fund your dreams as well as a lot of other students. So I'm, I'm happy that I'm a part of that. I'm happy that I've become your friend outside of this. Uh, and I'm really excited for you and, and what's in store for you and, and in the future. I know you've called me on several occasions, kind of asked me some CFI questions on, hey, I don't quite understand this. Um, I can't get a hold of my instructor right now. And I've been happy to answer some of those questions as, as I have for, for some of you who's re- who've reached out to us in the past. Uh, through the Aviation Mentors podcast. So I also want to thank some of the sponsor schools or the, uh, sorry, not sponsor schools, uh, some of our partner schools um, who I got to meet with today. I got to meet with Dragonfly Aviation. Uh, They're just on the outskirts of uh, Atlanta, uh, the northeast part of Atlanta area. Um, They have a fantastic facility over there. They've got these... The owner, Heidi, she actually has these wonderful aviation antiques, and I found out that I have somebody who competes with me on how much I like aviation antiques as much as anybody else. And for those of you who don't know, because I haven't really talked about it much on the podcast, I am an incredible uh, collector of aviation antiques and aviation maps. Um, I like to tell everybody that I think I have one of the world's largest collections outside of a museum. And Carson can attest to that. He's he's seen my collection. It is quite extensive. Uh, I literally get everything that I could find whenever I find it. So it's pretty pretty epic. So uh, she showed me that along with some of her new diamond aircraft that she just purchased uh, and put on the line. And now they're flying full time as well. Uh, so I'm excited for her growth and that we're a part of it. I also met one of our borrowers over there, um, Ruben. And he was a fantastic guy to meet, and we're helping fulfill his dreams. He's actually working his commercial pilot rating, uh, or commercial pilot certificate, rather. And I'm excited that I got to meet him as well. He was real happy, and uh, I've actually got a photo with him um, that we'll, we'll hopefully post on the Stratus, uh, Stratus website. And I'm taking one with Tavis right after this podcast, so we'll hopefully post that at some point as well. Uh, I also met with Flight Aviation um, out of uh, uh, southwestern Georgia, or southwestern area of the uh, Atlanta region. Uh, I don't know all the all the cities around here. Sorry, I think we're in Peachtree, Georgia, uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, Harlan Hamlin gave me a, an amazing tour of their facility. Uh, they've grown from one airplane to I think twenty four airplanes, uh, with several um, on the horizon to come in. So I'm excited to uh, to help grow with them, and uh, I thank them for also giving me a fantastic tour. I think I spent two hours there. Um, we even took the golf court all, all around the airport. It was a great, it was a great day to, uh, to kind of go around and see their facility. And I got to see what their growth looks like, which is fantastic. Uh, I love seeing people win just like Carson was talking about. Um, like we, we can't wait to see Tavis win at, at his dreams. And that's what we're, we're trying to do here with the Aviation Mentors podcast and Stratus Financial. So um, it's been it's been fantastic seeing them. I also stopped at Academy of Aviation. Unfortunately, the managers weren't there, so I couldn't do a tour today. Um, but the receptionist and and some of their staff were there, so I stopped in for a few minutes and said hello. Uh, at least at their Georgia location. I know they've got several locations across the U.S. Um, so it was fantastic to go there and and see and uh, just see their signage up front and uh, personal because I just get to see logos on websites and see people on Zoom meetings and. It's not quite the same, right? So uh, thank you to all of our other partner schools. I hope to be uh, reaching out to some of you, and maybe we can do an interview uh, with you at maybe Oshkosh, or we can meet in person there. Uh, so as always, if you want to reach out to Carson, you reach Carson at Carson underscore AV17 on Twitter Instagram. For me, it's at Mr. Martini Guy. And as always, as we prefer, uh, reach out to us via email, Brandon at AviationMentors.com or Carson at AviationMentors.com.
1: And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. See ya.